the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. And here goes nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode 7, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think we have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the evil object, the twin brother of maniac Mark Malonis, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. How are you doing, big Bri? I'm great. How, how are you, Mike? Uh, you got a little accessory on your, on your hand there now, buddy. Uh Perhaps a little, so maybe uh, maybe some big life changes since the last time we <laughs> recorded. Yes, uh, there were uh, nuptials. Nuptials oh. took place. How, hey, how do you know about this? Well, well, I may or may not have attended. You were one of the the few, the proud, <laughs> that uh, made their presence known. Yes, and I'm and I'm, I'm 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 very proud of you, Mike. Setting the the new trend. It's 2016. It's a new uh, it's a new era. It's a new ev- <laughs> everything. Uh, you're breaking new ground, and I heard you're taking your wife's last name. What are you talking about? No, that's not that. That isn't occurring. Well, that's what I heard. That's. What, did she talk to you? Uh, you know, I can't reveal who my source is. Uh oh. All right, we're we're in trouble here. We're in trouble. Uh, and how are you feeling after last night? There was a uh, another uh, wedded uh, opportunity. Is that the right? <laughs> that doesn't right? make that's any sense. But <laughs> I'm great. Uh, had one beer. What? <laughs> Two beers, one. Yeah, he did a pop couple Steve Weisers last night. Sure what did. I, uh, understand? No uh, broken skull IPA though. Yes, uh, good, good, uh, good tidings and good wishes to the uh, the the Phelan family. We'll just leave it Who? at that. Who? I, I, have, I have no. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. This is this is something else. But let's just say this: this podcast is available every Monday on bdaradio.com, on iTunes, on Podbean, and now we're on Stitcher. So check us out on Stitcher also. We ask you to please do something for the wrestling podcast about nothing and be sure to subscribe to the feed on iTunes and take a minute and write us a five-star review. It really gets the podcast out there and it helps us grow and that's what we want to do. So please do us a personal favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and review it for us on iTunes. Thank you very much. So as I mentioned, Brian, this is a, a... smorgasbord of news that's the word we're going to use it's been, a, it's been a jam-packed like week or 10 days or so uh uh since we've last recorded like like news has been breaking like left and right like nobody's business yes so we have a say. jam jam-packed yes yeah, so uh like last week we did the uh the special uh episode of the uh about being a WWE extra, please go back and take a listen to uh, episode six, getting uh, rave reviews, and we'll maybe get into that a little bit later. But since then, uh, they announced that SmackDown is moving to Tuesdays and will now be live every week on the USA Network. And with that is coming a, a brand split once again. So we will get into that today on the show. Plus, the big news from the world of mixed martial arts, Brock Lesnar is returning to the UFC I, th- I think I think we're about to do like the MMA podcast better than the MMA guys at Uh-oh. this point, Mike. The, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. A man walks into an armbar. Man walks into an armbar. 
But uh, we will get into Brock Lesnar. We'll do our best to uh, cover MMA and it, as it relates to uh, Brock Lesnar's WWE tenure. And plus, speaking of WWE, Goldberg appeared on WWE TV kind of last Monday night. Goldberg in 2016. Hashtag hatch. Yes, indeed. We will get into Goldberg. Plus, uh, we will give some thoughts on the passing of um, Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, and a promo about nothing, if we can find it. Maybe a, a bonus um, subject, if there's time. There's just We got content coming out of our ears. Out of the wazoo. And, uh, and there'll be plenty, well, actually not much more than that on this podcast, or we'll be running it next week. So stay tuned for that. But before we get into everything, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Big Daddy Advocates? You see, Brian, Big Daddy is, uh, is the... Yeah, U- I'm, yeah not, I'm not familiar. Big Daddy is the UK's most famous wrestler. He's like the British Hulk Hogan. So... uh yeah, I'm kind of struggling to come up with these BDA things, and we're in. You painted yourself in this corner. Yeah, man. we're in we're in week seven, but uh, uh, so Big Daddy Advocates. No, it has nothing to do with Big Daddy, but BDA Radio does mean the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news; they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on the UFC. Bellator, WWE, and much more. That is BDARadio.com, so check it out. And so, Brian, as we get into the show here, there's so much news, and it's all big news, so I had an idea. I have all of the topics here written down, and I'm just going to rip them up and put them in a hat, and we're going to decide right now. Which one are we going to do first? Because it's all big news. Oh, my goodness. This is, uh, very, this is very exciting. You're, uh, Mike, you're, you're shooting on me. Yes, that's what I do. Okay. Oh, the shooter, Mike Crockett. Is that one? Oh, this, I'm tearing this terribly. You do a lot of things terribly. Very nice. Okay, so they're in the hat. Okay. It's a nice Red Sox hat. I actually got this from my wife when we went to the the ball game a couple weeks ago ball, you, see, you went to the ball game with the old ball and chain no well that was before we were married so okay so here you go pick it out of the hat here we go all right here we go wish we had a drum roll okay so what you got smackdown to tuesdays <laughs> brand splits yes yeah, so you're right there buddy oh boy. i'm all right i'm all right oh boy it was a a long hard night last night in uh, northern new hampshire <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm all right. I'm ready to go here. All right, so yes, I've recovered. Let's start with SmackDown moving to Tuesdays, and that is starting July 19th. That's a little more than a month away, one week before the Battleground pay per view. That's July 24th. We still have another pay per view, uh, Money in the Bank, before that. But uh, coming out of that, they did announce that there once again be two brands, Raw and SmackDown. And uh, what were your feelings on the brand split originally, and then when it was dissolved, and how you feel now that it's coming back? Well, I think I think at first, uh, initially, and this time, there's a lot of excitement because there's a lot of unknown. You don't know how it's all going to shake out. I think we all ultimately saw how the kind of the brand extension failed. I I would say last time because there really wasn't a brand or not. There really wasn't a split. Like there was so much crossover. Right. Guys just constantly one show or the other, one show or the other, and really like no explanation on it. Um, and at that point, they were really positioning it as like Raw versus SmackDown and almost like a WWE versus WCW type thing. But, you know, you would never have seen guys cross over at that point. Yeah. So it just became this thing where it was just like, all right, well, they have these two different brands, but everybody goes on both anyways. So, what the hell? <laughs> like, it, it, so my honest hope is that this is a true brand split, and you have WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown, and there's very little to no crossover, maybe except for WrestleMania. WrestleMania. And I think the Royal Rumble is one that will always have the crossover because I don't think they're going to eliminate the Royal Rumble match, nor do I think they have the super the amount of superstars or and I think two Royal Rumble matches would completely oh, no, yeah. water it down. You know. But I, I think the Royal Rumble would be a natural crossover. But um 
Yeah, I mean, keep it true. Keep it true to what it is. You know, I make it like uh, don't do what Major League Baseball did and completely water down the concept of like American League, League versus play. National League, yeah. and uh, you know, make it make it special when when you see these two. You know, the guy from one show versus guy from another show. It's something special. It's something to behold. It, it makes you want to order the WWE Network for nine ninety five and watch this pay per view. Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Sorry. Um. So I mean, it sounds great what you're saying, but I really have—I really don't think it's gonna happen. Because uh, first of all, they—I don't think they're gonna have split pay-per-views at all. I think it's gonna be the one one pay-per-view, one brand every month. Like at at one point, they were doing Raw pay-per-views and SmackDown pay-per-views, and I believe the SmackDown pay-per-views were getting so few buys. But it's a different era now that that it's the WWE Network that maybe, but. Uh, Depends on what they do with it, too. I mean, for right from the inception of it, SmackDown always felt like a lesser show, a yes. lesser brand. It was the tape show on either Thursday or Friday nights, or it, it just always SmackDown has always felt like the lesser show, and they really have to make it feel like you know a you know you know number one and one a, um, and I think going live on Tuesday nights is, is huge. I think that I think that will. I think that ups the ups ups the ante right there, um, right. because anytime you're watching something live, it makes it feel more special. Anything can happen, type of vibe, and plus you don't know the results two days in advance, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I mean, I I I think it does impact you know SmackDown ratings. It has to. I mean, I read the spoilers and I kind of peruse it sometimes to see. Well, is there something I want to see? Is there something I don't want to see? Right. You know, this past week I looked. It was Kofi Kingston versus AJ Styles. I really wanted to see that, so I watched that match. But had there been nothing on, I might have skipped SmackDown this week. Yeah, it seems like, especially the past, I don't know, five, maybe close to ten years, SmackDown a completely missable show. I think the last time SmackDown was a must-see show was when they had, like, Paul Heyman was booking it, and it was, uh, it was, it just seemed like its own entity, and it seems like anything that happens on SmackDown will just happen again on Raw anyway. There's no, like, a match happens on Raw, and then you have to see the next logical step on SmackDown. Even if, and even if that does happen, they'll do it again on, on Raw Monday anyway. So there's no... Uh, SmackDown just completely missed. Yeah, nothing show. ever big happens. Like, SmackDown right. is like the, let's get through the show with status quo without really advancing anything, you know. Um, right, and they don't trust that, and, that anyone watching will... Even if they do advance something, they don't trust that anyone, people enough people are watching, so they'll do the exact same thing on Raw so that they'll know, okay, people actually saw it because it, you know, it didn't happen on SmackDown. Which probably pissed the USA Network off because, you know, was it Viacom, right, that owns USA Network? Uh, Universal. Universal. So Universal, like, they, I mean, they're paying a lot of money for the rights to both Raw and SmackDown. They don't want... They they don't want one being an A show, one being a B show. They want they want SmackDown to deliver the same ratings or better than than Raw. So right. you know, if Universal, I'm sure I'm sure some of this is driven by Universal putting some pressure on WWE to step up their game with SmackDown. Yeah. Um, no, I mean the the first thing that kind of crossed my mind is if you're WWE, do you do do you do two brands that are essentially the same same sort of thing with different players or do you almost do with one of them what's happening in NXT? And do you say, do you put the John Cena's and the Roman Reigns and those, the quote-unquote, the sports entertainers, do you put them all on one show? And then do you make the other brand, you know, the, the AJ Styles, the, you know, they brought up a Finn Balor, um, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, like those types of guys. Right. Do you make this, do you try to make these two totally different entities uh, I don't think they'll do that, but it's right. a cool it's a cool thought. It is it is, but yeah, the rumor is that Roman will lead one brand and John Cena will lead the other. It's been said Roman Reigns will be on Raw and Cena will be on SmackDown. Of course not confirmed, but that's what makes a hell of a lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot to shake out as we sit here recording this. We don't know two world champions, how That's, the bel- how are the yeah. belts going to play out, or the tag champs going to appear both, or how's the women's division going to play out? I mean, for me, I would stick the women's division on one, the the tag division on the other as kind of hmm. a division. Because, again, because if you have the tag champions cross over and you have one heavyweight champion and he constantly crosses over and you have a women's champion that crosses over, right now you got 
that's that's four superstars right off the bat that's already crossing over every you know every week i think if this was a few years ago um with the the women's division they'd put it on one show but i think after they've gone so far to not make them seem marginalized i don't know if they would want to just put them on one show it seems like after all they've done especially this year at wrestlemania to make it the women's title and they're equal to the men they're superstars they're not divas that to put the to relegate them to one show i think that kind of sets them back in what they've been trying to accomplish i mean do they have do they have the roster depth on the women's side to to have two viable women's divisions. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about a women's two women's titles because I don't think that's that's going to work. But I think having the women's title be on both shows and maybe the tag team title be on both shows, which is kind of the rumor. The, I mean, like you said, the the rumor I think is the women on one show, but I just can't see that after after what they've tried to do this year. But go ahead. I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say. I mean, for me, it. I look at it more as giving each show their unique flavor. So if you want to see the women, you have to watch SmackDown, for example. And if you want to see tag the tag team championships, you have to watch Raw. Just giving people more reasons to watch, you know, both of them. I, that 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 would be kind of my thought process. I see what you're saying. The women are supposed to be on equal footing, and but I I just I'm gonna hate it again. If this just becomes Raw and SmackDown, and they're both live, and you got Raw superstars and SmackDown superstars, but really the only true definition of those is the fact that they both are touring house shows on the on those brands, and on TV they just cross over constantly because in it it just bastardizes it again, and it loses any any special feeling. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the fact that the pay per views won't be separated. It just seems like it's it's gonna be. There's going to be SOS crossover. is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be crossover, but I mean, it's just uh, a tough thing for them to do. It just seems like well, the roster depth isn't this time. The roster depth isn't what it was. Yeah, that's something like I th- to bring that's up. the most challenging thing here. Is they got they have a roster full of very talented people, but how many guys are really at like that top top level? I think the initial brand split was kind of because at that point you had, you know. Um, Stone Cold was still around. Kurt Angle, The Rock, Brock Lesnar was kind of coming yeah. in. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, uh, Eddie Edge. Guerrero. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had so many of these top-level guys who were over as top-level guys. And now this time, it's like, it, it's, a, it's a challenge. It, it's, it's a ballsy move, what they're doing here. Yeah. Like you said, there's just, there's so few true stars to me. Just the... The way the the booking is nowadays with um, guys win one, lose one, win one, lose one, back and forth, there's no... Nobody gains momentum. Right. There's no one... Like, you think, like, a Dean Ambrose, where he was six months ago to where he is now, you hear his crowd reaction. It's just not at the level it once was. After that, I think probably after the match with Brock at WrestleMania, where he was doing all this stuff and... um, bringing out chainsaws and and barbed wire bats and all this other stuff and just to have him be fodder for for Brock to destroy basically and it, it just I don't think he's really recovered from that and yeah, I that's don't just think one they, example. Yeah, I mean, Ambrose, I don't think they capitalized on the fact that this guy went toe to toe with Brock Lesnar and, and and actually inflicted some damage on Brock Lesnar and they they really could have de-emphasize the fact that he lost the match and kind of emphasize the fact that he pushed the beast incarnate, you know, to the limit, you know, and here's this crazy guy. And I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. They, I think they've they've poured a lot of cold water on Dean Ambrose and he's become the comedy act with the Ambrose Asylum show and the stupid plant. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the new WWE gimmick is, you know, name inanimate objects, you know. Right. Um, which it was, you know, with the New Day, fine, you get that. That's their gimmick, and then he friggin' names the plant, and I'm sure somebody will name something else. And yeah, yeah. And what do you think? Like AJ was at that level or above uh, Roman Reigns in terms of popularity, and they turn him heel on Raw last Monday. Do you think that hurts going into this brand split? That was a big. Well, I think it gives them their. I think it gives them their their top feud for one of the for one of the brands, I think AJ versus John Cena. To me, I, him 
turning heel and going with Cena, it, I I think it's a big it's a big vote of confidence for AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, I think it's I mean, I think it's pretty well documented how Vince McMahon feels about John Cena. Um, you know, being being WWE's kind of franchise guy and mm-hmm. uh, in the face of the company, and I think for them to go with Styles versus Cena as as a top program, you know, um. I think it speaks volumes. I think I think it's a vote of confidence for AJ Styles. Now, I mean, history has shown in the past that sometimes when guys feud with John Cena, especially newer guys, it doesn't like end Rusev, very. Perhaps. Yeah, it doesn't ultimately long term go well for them. Um, but I I think WWE is invested in the Bullet Club or the club as they're as they're calling it. I'm not sure how they're getting away with that. Um, right. But I, I think they're I think they're invested in that. They they they're not stupid. They see the the worldwide appeal of of what the Bullet Club has done without without the WWE machine. So I think they're trying to capitalize on that. And I I this one they might just get out get out of their own way for a change and and just allow it to be good. And I, I like it. I'm interested. I'm actually pretty interested to see where they go with with Cena and Styles. I'm actually interested, really interested to see them wrestle because. It's such a clash of styles, if you will. Uh, Uh. uh. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, in AJ Styles, him and Roman Reigns had phenomenal chemistry. Those matches were were excellent. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with AJ and and Cena now. And they will be working at Money in the Bank. I think on Friday they released that They did, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about this watering down of, of of the brands once they split. Does that... Does that mean they will finally have to have a certain number of guys that they protect and then they book strong? Uh, I mean, you would hope. <laughs> you would hope. Um, I, they, I mean, there has to be some guys that lose more than they win and some guys that win a lot more than they lose. And it just seems like it, it, it's this tit for tat back and forth between everybody. So there's they have to they just have to find more of these well they're going to protect they're going to they maybe they're going to protect shane and stephanie <laughs> i here, here, i actually i think there's a twist coming i don't think it's going to be shane mcmahon versus stephanie mcmahon i feel like triple h is going to be involved and maybe it's going to be triple h leading one brand versus the mcmahon siblings he's been on the conspicuous other. by his absence very very so you wonder is there going to be you know is he going to lead maybe the smackdown brand and all of these you know all the NXT, you know, people are that he's signed that they've they've always positioned Triple H. You know, since the inception of NXT, they really have per, you know positioned it as Triple H's baby, right? Publicly, mm-hmm. you know, they, it, it's funny because he'll be a he'll be a heel on Monday Night Raw and then he'll open the NXT pay per view. <laughs> yeah. He's playing two characters essentially, two completely and utterly different characters. Triple H is playing on WWE programming. There's, I think there's a twist coming. I don't think it's going to be as simple as Shane versus Stephanie. Right. Um, so, yeah, speaking of NXT, now who do you think are the most likely – I mean, they're going to have to fill out these rosters. Who are the most likely NXT call-ups, do you think? Well, d- it depends on what they tr- what they end up doing in NXT because you don't want to empty out NXT. And there have been rumors about that, too. Well, it's the next – the next pay-per-view or, or takeover, takeover is called The End. Yeah, this Wednesday is the next takeover. Yeah, very interesting to see what kind of happens there. Is NXT going to go back to being a true developmental brand? Um, and are they going to are they going to gut it? Are they going to bring up all the top guys? I mean, may, maybe there maybe this is the reason behind so many of the of the signings you've seen. You know, between um, Austin Aries. Eric Young, Bobby, Bobby Roode, I believe is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like you, you don't know muddy. for sure. Finn Balor is still there. Samoa Joe is still there. Um, Bailey is still down. You got to figure a lot of them are going to come up, and and it starts to make a little more sense with them signing all these established, you know, veterans who right. have made their names elsewhere to fill out, you know, to fill out a a. Because I mean, let's face it, still NXT is still only on the WWE network. And it's pretty amazing because sometimes, like you see Enzo and Cass, and they're they're people knew their deal, like the first time they came out. So right. the power of the WWE network is there, but still NXT does not have a ca- cable television program. It's mm-hmm. exclusively on the WWE network, and maybe they're seeing that these guys do have appeal. So let's get them on TV. Let's fo- let's put focus onto a second brand that's actually on TV. Yeah, what well, Nakamura? I think he's coming up. 
Yes, I do. I, I think I'm, again, we've t- I think we talked about this previously, but they are probably paying him a small fortune to right uh, to be here. I I can't imagine he's destined to be in NXT long term. Although I think they gave Finn Balor and Samoa Joe pretty good money too, and they're still you know in NXT. But I I think. I think at some point they're going to want they're, they're realizing hey we're paying these guys more than we're paying some of the guys on the main roster let's get them on real television right and seeing Balor how he interacts once he comes up with the the club that would be a, probably be an interesting dynamic well yeah I mean right now you got four on the because the club has kind of attacked the new day and uh, so on that side you kind of got four you got three in the new day and John Cena. Maybe there's going to be a fourth club member, perhaps a Finn Balor. You don't right. know. Lots of, I mean, there's still lots to be played out here, but yes, there is a uh, plenty of time before uh, the true maybe, maybe even a mock Mike. I want to do a mock uh, draft, uh, man. Uh, uh, I want to do a mock draft. So we we talked about this. Uh, Brian is a big fan of the mock draft. When we uh, read our previous employer, we worked together. Uh, there were plenty of mock drafts on on his uh, that he would listen to on the radio for football and. Uh, I wasn't too keen on... Maybe we could even, like, we'll each take a brand mic and we'll, like, sit here and we'll go through the picks and compete. I think it'll be great. It'll be compelling stuff. Well, we'll have to we'll have to negotiate about this, but there, there is time. We have uh, plenty of weeks left before the brand slit. There there, there may just be a, a mock draft in the future of the wrestling podcast of Unnothing. I like it. I see you weakening. It makes yes. me feel good. Oh, my goodness gracious. It, <laughs> it was indeed a long, a long night last night. I'm weak. I'm weak. Okay, so before we get into our next topic, before we reach in the hat once again, let's talk about the hashtag PDA for BDA. Oh, we're making some traction here, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's coming hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. Now, tweet PDA for BDA, hashtag PDA for BDA. Tweet it at BDA underscore radio. Tweet it at me. I'm at Crocsox. Him, he's at Brian Malonis. And we will mention you on the podcast. And we've got some tweets. Elwood apt. I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> Come you're on, aware we, of this. This is this is Big Woody. This is my man, Big Woody from Atlantic Pro Wrestling. The the man who has orchestrated the three kings of Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Myself, Demon Ortiz, and Todd Sopel. A couple guys you're familiar with. This is the guy. This is the mastermind behind Atlantic Pro Wrestling and the three kings of APW. I am the APW Heavyweight Champion, Mike. I, but why don't you read his tweet? I'm aware of that. He, he is at Apt Elwood on Twitter, and he just says that he uh, loved the latest wrestling podcast about nothing. These guys have great chemistry, just a fun show. And he sent another one, too. He said it's uh, getting better every week. Great stories about WWE Extras. Great job. So thank you, Big Woody. Is that your secret benefactor? I, I didn't tell him to do this. Okay. He's just a big fan of the show. All right. Well, he he is, and we appreciate Don't it very much. Don't sell us short, Mike. Don't okay. sell us short. And we get someone else, Steven, on Twitter. He's He is at HHHGuy2004 on Twitter. Steven said, uh, just listen to the show about being an extra. Sounds like Brian was always just too big to be an extra, unless he was wearing a cloak, of course. Is it a is this a compliment or it's like a backhanded compliment? I think it was a fat joke. No, Steven, I know who you are, Steven. I see you at shows I'm on, Steven. So uh be careful with your fat jokes. You're just big. You didn't say big and fat. You just said big. You're you're tall, you're you're broad shouldered. Thank you, Mike. Well yeah, you're a you're a good looking fellow. That's why All they, right, I'm just kidding, Steven. That's why they that's why they put you in a cloak and covered your face. I'm just kidding, Steven. So that is Elwood and Steven, thank you so much for using the hashtag PDA for BDA. Join in on the fun, leave a comment, ask a question, or just let us know that you're listening. Use the hashtag PDA for BDA on Twitter, and thank you very much. All right, let's go back into the hat. What's going to be the next segment <laughs> here on the Goodness. WPAN? All right, all right, I don't want that one. I don't even know what it is, but I feel like this one's better. What you got there? WWE 2K17 with Goldberg. Okay, so there was this these tweets that went out uh, the weekend before well, last weekend, talking about the hatch, showing the hatch hashtag hatch, 
and no one really knew what the hell was going on. People were speculating Bray Wyatt, perhaps. These things never. I mean, let's stop right there. Everything. These things oh, never pay off in the way you think they're going to. Um, yes, the last thing that hatched was was an egg at Survivor Series. Uh, but they've done a couple other teasers on on Twitter right. that have not. There's really not been a great payoff. Yeah, for there's it. nothing like uh, Twitter speculation to blow all of your uh, expectations out of whack. But this actually, I mean, it's not what you expected, but still pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it was a commercial. It wasn't actually during the the bulk of the show itself on Raw last Monday. There was a commercial. They were showing uh, like a bunch of uh, sheriffs driving haphazardly down a down a uh, windy road, and they they came to this um, hatch in the middle of nowhere. They opened it up, and Goldberg was there, breathing smoke through his nose, and he his music began. That's where he's been all these years. <laughs> he was buried out in the desert with uh, Ric Flair. That's what they did when they buried him at WrestleMania 20. <laughs> oh, come on now. That, that, was, that wasn't WWE that buried him. That was the, the fans of Madison Square Garden. Buried himself. But uh, So, yeah, Brock Lesnar came out of this hatch, and... Uh, that was the the big selling. No, 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 not Brock Lesnar. Oh, I'm sorry. Goldberg, of course. Bill Goldberg came out of the hatch, and that that is going to be the big selling point for the next 2K game, WWE 2K17. Goldberg will be a playable character. So this deal that he made was with 2K Games, not with WWE. So before speculation runs rampant, it's it's a deal with 2K Games, but historically it's. I mean, there's no getting around it. It has opened the door for people to come in at WWE. Exactly, because I, I think the way it sounds is 2K is free to make their own deals, but much like everything in WWE, if Vince McMahon doesn't like it, it's not going to happen sort of thing. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm, while the deal is with 2K and not WWE, I'm sure WWE had their hands all over this. Well, yeah, um, they need at least approval. But yeah, so previously, I mean, the Ultimate Warrior had been gone for years and years and years and years. Lots of animosity, lots of bad blood. This deal happened. Next thing you know, he, he's going in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, tragically passed away a few days after. Um, but still, it opened the door for a return to to the WWE. Good graces, yeah, to good graces of WWE. And then next, Sting. You know, Sting never had been in a you know a WWE ring. The deal with 2K happens. All of a sudden, here comes Sting now. Sting is now part of WWE. So, I mean, the last two guys that, that it opened the door for, they stepped through the door and made made big impacts. So you have to wonder, does this do the same thing? Will we see Goldberg back in WWE? Right. I mean, there, there have been rumors for years, especially uh, with Ryback. There was, like, around WrestleMania last year, there was talk, like, oh, maybe Goldberg will come back and do something with Ryback because, um, I don't know, there's, there's always been the Goldberg chance behind Ryback. But now with Ryback's current situation, I, I seriously doubt anything like that would happen. But the Goldberg rumor has been out there, but then this just, you know, sends it through the roof. I, mean, I can't see Goldberg coming back to be a regular... No. performer he's 49 years old at this point it's been um let's see he left wwe at wrestlemania 20 so that was around 2004 ish you know you're talking about so you're now research he, he's been go <laughs> i have wikipedia open mike well, thanks for calling me out you jerk <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's been gone for 12 years almost you know over 12 years now so it's been a long time since this guy wrestled i mean his style i mean isn't i mean Bill Goldberg isn't a technical specialist, so I think the style of match that he would wrestle, I think he is more than capable at 49 and being out of the ring for a while of coming back and doing. Um, I mean, with him though, there's a. I, so they released all these wonderful statements about Gold, you know, Goldberg talking about being in the game and WWE and his WWE run being a success. And boy, does that fly in the face from his tone from even like six, eight months ago, right? Um, I think he's been very vocal about Triple H. Um, who yeah. it's kind of funny. Uh, oh, another guy that the not, not through Two K, but the a bridge was, you know, was built back was Bruno San Martino. But and uh, he talked about Triple H. Um, I think Sting talked about Triple H. I think uh, the Warrior talked about Triple H being key a key figure in. He seems to be like the good cop, for, right? Uh, for WWE. Well, you wonder is. Is that the case this time? Because right, I you know I 
I think Bill Goldberg said some pretty rotten things about Triple H along the way here. But yeah, like you said, he uh, he is uh, speaking in glowing terms about the WWE, especially in I mean, it's a WWE.com article. I think that you were you were seeing right. Like, yeah, he did an interview with WWE.com. So yeah, that's uh, all I can say about this Goldberg thing is that I think our talk last week about about me doing a little spot with Goldberg in 2004 i think that awoken the gods and so somebody at the wwe offices was listening to this <laughs> wrestling podcast about nothing episode 6 yes yeah. and they were and they were like you know what we haven't we got to get goldberg back <laughs> that mike crockett he's you know he's he's onto something there remember how awesome that spot was we remember him prancing around and being all afraid Doing like, like, a, like a like a like a 4 year old child <laughs> Yeah, I think that's actually what happened. That's that's what happened. I think lots of people want to see it. It's it's gonna it would draw money. Bill, I mean, I don't think you're gonna see him anytime soon. If you're gonna see Bill Goldberg, it's gonna be next year. It's gonna be WrestleMania. Right. Um, I don't know who who the hell he'd wrestle. Um, unlike some of the other guys, like Sting came in and wrestled Triple H and actually lost and then lost again to Rollins. Right. Um, I I mean, Bill Goldberg's coming back probably to squash somebody and. You know, hit a hit a jackknife and a spear, and um, I, I'm guessing he would be fed somebody. You know, I, I just I can't foresee Bill Goldberg agreeing to come back to lose. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think they'll give him a like a, a some cream puff to wrestle. I think it'll be a decent name, but I think he'll he'll probably go well, over. Think about what was the best. The best of Goldberg was when he was just freaking running through guys. He just the matches were four minutes long, and he would just. Freaking steamroll guys. I mean, do people want to see Bill Goldberg in a twenty-minute match wrestle? You know, Bray Wyatt for you know did, that was the, literally the first name off the top of my head. But somebody of that ilk and, and and beat them again, or do people just want to see Bill Goldberg come out, beat the snot out of somebody for five minutes, hit a spear, hit a, ja- a jackhammer, flex, and you know, and that's it. I I kind. I feel like people want to see the second. I, I I don't I don't know what you're gonna get if you give uh, Bill Goldberg somebody off of the roster a big name and they go out there and have 20 minutes. I, I don't I don't know if you're gonna get what you what you're necessarily hoping for. Right, but I think at the same point that we're talking about the WWE Bill Goldberg, which which is much different from what they presented in WCW. And I think I I think they they love giving you a, those marquee matchups at WrestleMania. I think you might get some. You might get a Goldberg versus Brock. You might get a Goldberg versus Roman. You could get a Goldberg versus Triple H. I don't that, know. I mean that is true, but I think I think the I think everybody would be much happier in the end. Not maybe not the build up, but in the end, if they did Bill Goldberg vo- versus the Social Outcast and he destroyed all three <laughs> of them. But you know what I mean? Like right. I, I think that ultimately that that's the memory people have of Bill Goldberg. They don't remember his you know twenty or twenty five minute matches. They remember him freaking steamrolling people, which was awesome for a while for a while and. Both, I think, WWE and WCW kind of botched things up with him. Um, I, I think Bill Goldberg was limited in his ability, and I, I think what happens with guys like this is they kind of get exposed when they're put in spots they can't possibly succeed in. Um, but again, I hey, send him out there, have him destroy the social outcasts in a three-on-one handicap match, and at the end of the day, every people will complain, oh, you spent all this money and he didn't wrestle a top name. Yeah, but at the same time, you got exactly what you wanted. You want to see Bill Goldberg hit his big spots and kick somebody's ass. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Sell some T-shirts. Move some merch. <laughs> we'll see. Like he, yeah, he he has said that he wants to do a match for his kids. His kids are old enough now to see him, and I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's inevitable that he, that he's at mania in orlando next year he's still in great shape yeah i mean he looks he definitely looks smaller but still like yeah he's not i mean he's not yeah, bill gold bill goldberg right. circa 2000 2001 that we remember being you know probably a near 300 pound monster but he's for a 49 year old mike he is in much better shape at 49 than me and you will ever be in in our entire lives oh come on i'm, I'm back in the gym I'm well back you're close to 49 so oh come on now how do you how dare you uh okay let's move on um Promo about nothing. Let's try to fit this in here before we move on to our uh, last couple topics. Uh, this one is was made famous in the uh, the Botchamania video series. I don't know if you're uh, very familiar with that. I Brian. was on the Botchamania video series at one point. Oh yeah, I forgot forgot about that. The 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 table. Yeah, with Max Bauer. Table spot. A table that would not break. That is a, a world famous uh, 
botchamania uh, callback. They love they love tables that don't break. They love uh, the Revenge of the Table. But uh, yeah, there's there's this famous promo from uh, Combat Zone Wrestling with uh, Zandig. There was some sort of big turn that he didn't expect coming, and he was very he was flabbergasted. And we're gonna we're gonna take a listen to this and uh, see how he reacted in the moments after this this huge this huge uh, event in his life occurred. Ooh, I haven't seen this one, so All right, here exciting. we go. This is Robbie Marino, CZW with Zandig. Oh my God, what the fuck just happened? What do you mean? What happened? What are you blind? Jesus! There was five of them. It took five of them. Justice Payne, oh, Hate Club, oh, the Hate Club's dead. Nick Gage, Nate Hatred, who do you think you are? Nobody does this to Zandig. Nobody does this to the wife beater. Zandig, wife beater, Nick Mondo, we are the most ultraviolet force on the face of the earth. Oh my, oh, yo, you're gonna die. You are gonna die, I guarantee it. I am gonna kill you! Um! Stoa! You people have not seen anything! This is just the start of Fake You TV! I am the ultraviolet icon! This is Robbie Marino! This is CZW, the most violent federation on the face of the earth! You just wait and see how far we're gonna go! I'm out of here! So yes, that was Zandig. Zandig talking about the hate club and Nick uh, hatred. He he threatened murder. He did. What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, nothing if you're going to follow through on it. Well, maybe he did. I th- <laughs> <laughs> I think that one of the guys in there had some run-ins with the law that weren't very uh, savory, but uh, we don't have to get into that. Um yeah, he was, he was very... Uh, it's Very fired up, very flabbergasted. It, it felt like me a couple times in this podcast, just kind of trying to get my thoughts together. It, it, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, Jesus. Pouring, pouring gallons of water over your head. <laughs> you always need a gallon, a jug of water if you're, uh, if you're doing a promo. Yes. Uh, very... Uh, I've never seen... I'm not familiar with Zandig or that promo, but he's very Mike Awesome-ish kind of looking fella. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, he's uh, he's not the fat chick thriller, I don't believe. But <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he is. You don't know. I mean, I don't know him personally. Maybe he is. You never know. Um, so yeah, that's the promo about nothing. How how do you feel about that one? Well, it's it starts off very vulgar, and uh, it doesn't get much better from there. Lots of murder talk, and uh, uh yeah, it's ultra violent. <laughs> it is. It is ultra. The most ultra violent federation. Yes. On the planet. It sure is. CZW still still around today. Yes, and Biff Busick, a former uh, CZW champion. I wasn't sure if you're aware of I, that. I am very uh, very aware of that. All right, let's go. Here we go. Back into the oh, hat. Oh, more. Back into the hat. There's more. Ooh, I got a. Well, this one this one is a little more a little more serious. Mike, why don't you set us up for that one? Okay, uh, Muhammad Ali passed away uh, this past week. He was. What they call the greatest of all time in, in boxing, probably uh, one of the most recognizable sports figures of the last century. He's a huge influence on wrestling. Uh, superstar Billy Graham, I basically ripped off a ton of his stuff or just modified it slightly. Uh, I think Dusty Rhodes, uh, influenced the, by him. The Rock. I mean. Yeah, just every everybody. And he was influenced by wrestling as well. He, he always... Uh, would uh, cite Gorgeous George as one of his influences. And Freddie, and Freddie Blassie being another. Yes, and, and he'd go back and forth as to where he's, he's – sometimes he would say he stole Gorgeous George's shtick. Sometimes he'd say he stole Freddie Blassie's shtick. And, uh, yeah, I mean – He made some forays in, into the world of, of professional wrestling. At WrestleMania one. He yes. was a special, special uh, outside-the-ring referee. I believe, yeah. I believe he was supposed to be in the ring, but, I mean, I guess maybe at that point – I'm not sure what his physical uh, capabilities were. It, I Already think go- diagnosed at that, at that I think, point. I think going into that match, he was supposed to be in the ring, but as turned out, he ended up being outside the ring, and Pat Patterson was inside the ring for the main event of WrestleMania 1. So, yeah, he also had a match with Antonio Inoki in Japan. Uh, it was a boxer versus wrestler match that uh, 
according to the the dirt sheets, was uh, famously not very good whatsoever. I can't imagine it would have <laughs> been a run-in with uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Yes, and uh, Gorilla Monsoon said that he doesn't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch, which 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 was which was very true. But Muhammad Ali, one of the uh, somebody who transcended, I think, sports just into real life, and uh, and uh, very sad to hear that the champ, you know, passed away after a thirty-year battle with with Parkinson's, and uh, you know, you could see it in the last couple of years whenever he would make a rare appearance that he did not look well. Um, so you know, very sad, but somebody whose life should really be celebrated for all that he was, um, both inside a boxing ring or influencing people in entertainment, but also just uh, as a man, as humanitarian, um, somebody who you know transcended race, religion, color, creed, um, all those things. Um, somebody that you know, just you talk about larger than life. Muhammad Ali right. was the epitome of somebody larger than life, uh, and while I, I feel like you know Muhammad Ali has left this world. I think uh, he is as close to immortal uh, as one will ever get in this, uh, you know, in this life. And uh, so a sad day, uh, you know, indeed. But somebody whose life definitely, you know, should be celebrated and heralded for generations and generations to come. I, I, I'm I'm not old enough to remember Muhammad Ali fighting, but boy, did my dad talk about uh, Muhammad Ali a lot, and 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 he really was. I saw I saw a tweet, and I, I thought somebody captured it perfectly. I don't remember who 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 was that tweeted it, but they said Muhammad Ali was sports entertainment before the word you know before the phrase was even invented, and. That's true. I mean, he talked all this trash, and then you hear later on, it was just all a shtick. He was just trying to sell the fight, sell tickets. Right. Sell. He understood promoting and, and, and that sort of thing better than than anybody probably does today. You yeah, know, yeah, he I knew how to her, sell a fight. Yeah, I heard a story that uh, Muhammad Ali was uh, pretty friendly with Joe Frazier and, and was doing all of the trash talking and all like that, but it was all it was all shtick, but Joe Frazier just couldn't separate it, and he hated he hated. He hated Ali, he, right? I, mean, I think. The, I think the only, really only in the last few years, I think finally that 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 Hatch fence, was yeah, yeah, yeah. But it went on for a long time. Uh, yeah, Frazier had it really did. It pissed Joe Frazier off to the point he didn't speak to the man for decades. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But uh, yeah, I mean, anyone in in fighting and in wrestling and in um, boxing and mixed martial arts, if you want to know how to sell a fight, look at uh, go back in the archives and check out Muhammad Ali's stuff. And if you're, and honestly, if you're if you're a young guy in wrestling, if you're an old guy in wrestling, if you're not watching, if you're not, you haven't watched or, or not watching Muhammad Ali uh, talk on the microphone and how he could command the microphone and command a room and command an audience, then you're not doing it right, man. Because this guy, uh, you know, as uh, as the late great Killer Kowalski would say, make the people notice you. And Muhammad Ali did that better than probably anybody, uh, you know, in the history of boxing, wrestling. MMA combat sports, if you will, right. you know, and maybe in sports period, um, you know, he's a guy who, it, if you want to talk about the the Mount Rushmore of professional sports and entertainment, Muhammad Ali's there, and nobody would even question it, right? Um, yeah, so I mean, you're talking about uh, combat sports. Let's let's try to transition from that into probably the. The biggest news of the weekend, the breaking news that uh, Brock Lesnar is returning to the UFC. Unbelievable. For UFC 200 on July 9th. But wait, he closed the door on MMA. Don't you remember on SportsCenter <laughs> last year? He closed the door on his MMA career. We'll never be back, but he is back. And WWE confirmed it that and said that this will be a one-off appearance. And he will return to WWE at SummerSlam, August twenty first. Before that, did that statement not feel a little haphazard? Like the news hit because the, the, the UFC put him in at the end of like the UFC two hundred promo video, and then Twitter exploded, and then WWE kind of releases the statement, and it almost felt a little haphazard and like, ooh, wait a minute, people are all speculating. Oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't. It didn't feel like a well thought out statement. It felt like. Oh crap! We gotta scramble and get some word out there before people think he's done with us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's it was smart on their part to kind of almost capitalize on all the publicity and let people know he'll be back on uh, August twenty first on the WWE Network. I'm actually pretty skeptical. 
that he's going to be back? That he's going to be back with WWE. I'm completely skeptical that we will ever see him in WWE again. Um, Brock Lesnar is a guy who has numerous times displayed that he's always going to do what's best for him. If he goes out, and I'm sure they're going to feed him somebody at this. I don't think they're going to. His last UFC fight, he got his ass kicked, and that's not good for anybody. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, don't, I mean, WWE, WWE it, it has to be involved in this somehow, unless he has some sort of weird clause in his contract that allowed him to do this. If not, I'm guessing WWE had to have a hand in this. Um, I mean, what if he loses? Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it might you know that might damage the Brock Lesnar brand for forever at this point to, for the UFC and WWE. Certainly a big risk. I mean, this they did something similar with with Bobby Lashley with Bellator and TNA. I mean, he'd go back and forth between both, but thankfully, I mean, Bobby Lashley he did very well in Bellator and never really had to go back to TNA with his tail between his legs after a loss. So it, it'd be very interesting to see what happens if Brock Lesnar should lose. Um, you ha- I mean, you have to assume they're going to feed him somebody that he should he should destroy. I would hope so, but, but you never know. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's been training hard for this, but you, now you're talking he's had a big absence from, from the octagon. As you've seen in many recent UFC fights, sometimes all it takes is one punch. Right. I mean, the, yeah. The, one punch. If, if Brock Lesnar could go in there and just you know, leave himself open, and 45 seconds in could get drilled and knocked out. And what the hell does WWE do then? Because they're beast incarnate. The guy that ended the streak, the unbeatable, the unconquerable Brock Lesnar just got his ass whooped in front of the world. Anything can happen in the UFC. Right. I mean, I... I, I, that's why I, I'm, I'm starting to think maybe, maybe maybe we've seen the last of the guy. Maybe maybe there's some sort of agreement where he's gonna. Because here's the other thing too: if he goes out and mauls his opponent and destroys him, yeah. W- does UFC. Brock Lesnar get the itch to now want to be the UFC heavyweight champion of the world again? I mean, and you're talking about a guy who's older now. He's not he's not a spring chicken. He's 38, 39 years 39, old. I believe. So the the door the window is short for both UFC and WWE. Really, um, you know, you got to figure it's what maybe a three maybe a three to five year window in UFC and maybe a five to seven in professional wrestling if he even UFC wants to do it that shorter. long. I think UFC would probably be a shorter window. So it's just it's it's such a weird, out of nowhere interesting sort of thing. Um and they have I mean they haven't even mentioned Brock Lesnar on WWE programming in quite some time, which is a bit unusual because even in his absences before, I think they still kind of would keep Ex- they would explain it. They'd have him beat someone up and get suspended. Or, yeah, they yeah. he'd always kind of be in the back of your mind, and they haven't even alluded to him, talked about it. I mean, I'm sure this they will talk about this on Monday Night Raw, and they'd be stupid not to. But there's just yeah a lot of. I don't know what's better or worse for WWE at this point because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Um, is it better for Brock Lesnar to go kick somebody's ass, or is it better for him to, or worse, excuse me, worse? Is it worse that he kicks somebody's ass and then maybe wants to keep pursuing UFC, or is it worse if he loses and damages his brand forever? Worse for WWE, you're talking about? Yes, for WWE. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really really tough to say. Um. Uh, I mean, people. Some people are speculating, like the dirt sheet speculation. Let's uh, get into some dirt sheet speculation that perhaps there's like favors being done. Like, hey, UFC will let you take Brock, but let us have Ronda Rousey back for an appearance. Let us have Conor McGregor perhaps to do some something in the ring. So maybe there's some little. Uh, there little uh, some hand holding there. Yeah, some uh, some back backstage dealings. Yeah, going you got you got to figure. But I mean, the biggest thing of all is ultimately Brock Lesnar had to be the one to say, "Hey, I want to go do this." Right. You know, I'm, I mean, you got to assume him and Bro- him and Dana White are probably they probably. I mean, I, I don't know this for sure, but I mean, who knows? They probably talk. They probably talk daily. You know, you know they might be friends. Yeah, <laughs> like equals, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, so, I, but I think this all had to have started with Brock Lesnar expressing an interest in it because he very publicly, a uh, little over a year ago, heading into WrestleMania 30, 31, um, where the, the match with uh, Roman Reigns, where he signed an extension, mm-hmm. very publicly went on SportsCenter and announced his extension with WWE and said he closed the door on MMA forever. And then all of a sudden, here we go, a little over a year later, the dude's back for the biggest UFC event in history. And st- ironically enough, Having another UFC fight before CM Punk has ever even had one. Say, yeah, I was going to ask you, who would have thought? 
that Brock Lesnar would have another match between. Uh, oh, maybe th- that was maybe that was the backstage deal. They did a straight up trade: Brock Lesnar for a CM Punk. CM Punk will be back on Raw Monday. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, and for the people, I, I've already seen the speculation out there: Brock Lesnar versus CM. They're going to do Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk at UFC 200. <laughs> no, they're not. Brock Lesnar is going to wrestle, or excuse me, fight as a heavyweight, and he's going to be. I think I think he, for those he has to be in the two sixty range and and CM Punk I believe fights at like one seventy five well fights well, yeah, fights in he, quotation yes. marks something like that. so I mean there and I I don't know crap about MMA but um, could have fooled me they are they are vastly different weight class like they're not even close it's not like it's not even like CM Punk could like get up to Brock Lesnar's weight class or Brock Lesnar could drop down to CM Punk's weight class like they are worlds apart in in the world of UFC. It's not like WWE. And I also would think, even if they were close in weight class, I don't think UFC would would match up two pro wrestlers like that just yeah. because then you would question, are they going to go in there? Are they going to fight? Or are they going yeah, to work yeah, a wrestling a match? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but that match is not happening. So don't even speculate on it. Stop it. Just stop it. And if if that happens, I will... I'll eat a raw onion during the show because I Ooh. hate onions more than life itself. <laughs> but um. so you have, to, you have to think that 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 public, uh, the Conor McGregor Dana White thing that that publicly went down that kind of destroyed the main event of UFC two hundred. You have to think that maybe after that all went down, they lost their main event. Maybe that that call was placed to to Brock Lesnar or to. I don't know if they call Brock first or if they call Vince first. Oh yeah, we don't know the the background story or like you know who who's friends with who or what or what the dealings are. Um, I, I think Paul Heyman actually does have something really to do in Brock Lesnar's business life. I think Paul yes. Heyman does handle some business dealings, so you know he was probably involved somewhere along the line there. Um, yeah, just and, and you're probably right. I mean, because I think you know, again, not knowing a ton, but I know. John Jones and Daniel Cormier is the main event of UFC 200, and I think the last time they were scheduled to fight, uh, somebody got hurt, and then John Jones has a notorious history with drugs and getting suspended and being arrested, so mm-hmm. probably some nervousness on uh, UFC there having you know, that guy be in the main event of their biggest show in history. So yeah, I mean, bringing... You know Brock Lesnar back probably for them is a no brainer, but for WWE, UFC has to be doing unless again unless Brock Lesnar has some unknown clause in his contract stating he can he can do this. That's the rumor actually that 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 the new contract there was some sort of clause. The, then maybe WWE is getting nothing. Maybe they're just getting royally <laughs> royally screwed uh, because if 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 there if there isn't a clause, you have to figure WWE is getting something big in return. Um, you know, but if there is a clause, then there's probably nothing WWE could do about it. And why the hell would you negotiate? I mean, here's the other thing too, because again, MMA, this is guys get hurt. Guys get hurt in wrestling too, but right, like the intent is to freaking hurt your opponent. WWE, I mean, on Forbes.com, I said I think it was eight million dollars a year Brock Lesnar makes for a very limited amount of dates. What if this guy goes out there and breaks Brock Lesnar's leg? So now your highest paid commodity, I'm guessing whether he makes those appearances or not, I'm guessing a good portion of Brock Lesnar's contract is guaranteed. Uh, I, I just, from WWE's standpoint, I don't get it. And it'll be very interesting if when the mock draft comes around, if, if you, if you want to yeah. risk it to draft someone like uh, Brock Lesnar. You never know. I just, yeah, I, I, again, I don't get it. I don't get it. What does WWE get out of this? What do they get out of it? Um, so it was at July 9th is UFC 200. Yes. So I mean that that happens before the draft and the brand split. So uh, maybe 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 that factored into uh, the length of time until they actually do the brand split, knowing uh, what's going on with Brock Lesnar. Um, these are the type of things I would love to be a fly in the wall for, um, as a lot of people would. You know, for the backroom dealings for things like how this Brock Lesnar fight came together. Very strange times in sports and sports entertainment, Kingpin. Uh, so let's get wrapping up here. We're, uh, we're right up against the clock. And into the nothing happenings, the Kingpin. You are crisscrossing this great nation of ours, hitting the highways and byways, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. I got dates, Mike. Ready for it? 
I'm ready. Let me strap in here. <laughs> June 11th. Yes. The Renegade Wrestling Alliance. I step in the ring in East Greenwich, Connecticut. Or excuse me, East Greenwich, Rhode Island. There you go. With the Juice, JT Dunn. Uh, you guys uh, have uh, no uh, love lost between the two of you. No, I'm also uh, officiating his matches in Beyond Wrestling, and we may, hey, we might have a Beyond date a little later on in this. All right, uh, stay tuned, this, folks. Uh, stay tuned. Yeah, so that's June 11th. It goes down. Check out the Renegade Wrestling Alliance on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, lots of good information there. Uh, Six seventeen UFO Wrestling in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. A benefit for Children's Hospital. Great fundraiser. Uh, find UFO uh, Boston Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter uh, for all the full details. But that's on on June the 17th. It's a Friday night. It's a great cause. Uh, if you can, please come out and support this one. Uh, 6-18, the very next day, it's an afternoon show for Top Row Promotions in New Bedford, Mass. Please, again, find Top Row Promotions on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, 6-24, back in the PAL Hall for Top Row Promotions in Fall River, Mass. Uh, also on that show, Mike, you ready for this one? Yes. Former WWE superstar mm -hmm. Swoggle. Wow. Yeah, known as Hornswoggle. Oh, in, Hornswoggle. In, in WWE. First, first name Horn, last name Swoggle. There you go. So uh, Hornswoggle on the, or excuse me, Swoggle on the uh, June the 24th Top Rope Promotion Show. Uh, in the Fall River? In Fall River at the PAL Hall. Home uh, of Bobby Cruz? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Ringer Honor, Ringer Announcer? <laughs> so, yeah, check check out Top Row Promotions on Facebook and Twitter for ticket information all, and all that good info. Uh, the PAL Hall, great building, great environment, very cool. Uh, so if you can get there for that one, please do. And then two days later, June the 26th, I make my second pro wrestling uh, refereeing uh appearance for beyond wrestling uh that's in somerville mass all you will be officiating the chris hero and jt dunn uh, collectively known as death by elbow versus donovan dijack and chris dickinson match so how about well, how about that it's a main event anywhere in the country certainly is also on this show you're going to see uh zach saber jr oh uh, they basically heralded as the best technical wrestler in the world right and he's in the wwe Cruiserweight uh, tournament, uh, the Cruiserweight up. Classic, Cruiserweight Classic. Month, thank yeah. you. Uh, another another participant in that Cruiserweight Classic is also going to be on this Beyond Wrestling show. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa will also be there. A good close personal longtime <laughs> friend of mine. I completely screwed that up, Mike. That's but, fine. Uh, Sicilian psychopath. Uh, there you go. Uh, psycho killer. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Tommaso Ciampa. So he'll also be there for on 626. Again, that's Beyond Wrestling, Somerville, Mass. Find Beyond Wrestling. On, on They're very active on Twitter and Facebook. So find them for ticket info. How was, uh, the, how was the first uh, Beyond Wrestling appearance that you made? <laughs> it, it was great. Uh, it was, it's honestly a place I wasn't sure I'd, I'd ever be because I, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm different than what they, they do. Um, but very cool what a cool environment i've never been there's no barricades there's no chairs the fans surround the ring um just a very different cool environment uh got exposed to some really some really good guys that i've never seen before uh there was a dude there keith lee check this out it's been all over beyond you know beyond social media and be, yeah and beyond yeah beyond it's been getting some mainstream yeah i mean this guy's like Six five, you know, three hundred and forty pounds, and the way he moves is incredible. Does this crazy? I don't know the technical term, topes something or other, but does this front flip over the top rope and clears it by a freaking mile? Like it's not even close. Um, I mean, just the athleticism on this guy is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was blown away. I actually walked up to him afterwards, and I and I and I said, uh, "Yeah, I can't I can't do that, man." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, Keith Lee, thanks for uh, setting the bar way too freaking high <laughs> for us big guys out there. But, yeah, he's uh, him and Donovan Dijak tore the, tore the house down. Uh, what a great match that was. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of, part of Beyond Wrestling. Very, very cool place. And maybe you'll uh, be hanging around Beyond Wrestling with a microphone in your hand perhaps at some point. Ooh, maybe. To maybe. pick up some interviews. Some interviews. Some some. Beyond wrestling, I mean, uh, um, probably our listeners, uh, I would think our listeners maybe are familiar, but if you're not familiar with Beyond Wrestling, uh, Beyond Wrestling brings in a lot of, like, kind of like the super independent guys. Uh, the guys like Zack Sabre Jr., Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Donovan Dijak, JT Dunn, Chris Hero. Um, you know, they bring in a lot of these guys and bring them in on a consistent basis. Um, 
and uh, it's kind of people have kind of uh, likened it to PWG on the East Coast. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 got that type of vibe. Um, so a very cool place. So if you if you can, I, I do know that tickets are, are moving pretty fast. I'm pretty sure like half the tickets are already gone for. Um, for Somerville. the Somerville show on 626. So if you you play, you want to check out Beyond Wrestling, get there, check that show. You know, buy your tickets in advance because they will sell out well in advance. I mean, we're still some three weeks out from this thing. Three weeks from to you know from when we're recording it. Uh, but three you know three weeks from you know it's on June 26th and they're already half sold out. So if you want to see this one, you know, get your tickets now. But happy happy to be there. Happy to be a part of Beyond Wrestling and uh, you know appreciate appreciate the opportunity to. Uh, be a referee and get in uh, JT Dunn's face a little bit. There you go. And is that it for your dates? That's it for June. I'm just giving June. We don't want to give too okay. far in advance, Mike. <laughs> you don't want to give t- more people more information than they can digest. digest. I got you. I got you. It's I think uh, we've done that in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Okay, that, that that's just about it then. That's we're we're up against the clock. We're we're at, we're out of time for the wrestling podcast about nothing for this Monday. Uh, so be sure to follow at BDA underscore radio on Twitter. Plus me, I'm at Crocsox, and Brian is at Brian Malonis. Use that hashtag PDA for BDA, like our friends Stephen and Big Woody did earlier, and uh, you will get a shout out on an upcoming episode. And for all your MMA and wrestling talk. Go to BDARadio.com. Okay, that is it for this week, Episode 7 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. For the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, I am Mike Crockett, and thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing.